Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Tes. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Mordechai ben Yaakov and Leiv ben Yisrael Yitzchak Halevi. May their neshamas have an aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. It is also for a full shleim of Elishev Basliva, Chai Bas Bobo Michla, and Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam. May they all have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so we're up to the Mishnah towards the bottom of, it's about the ninth last line of Chof Ches Amud Beis 28b. So the Mishnah... There are going to be three cases in the Mishnah. So the first case is Shlosha Achim, Shnaim, Mehen, Nosun, Shtachuyos. Yeah, we have three brothers, two of them married to either two sisters. Or Isha Ubita, a wife and a woman and her daughter. Or Isha Ubaspita, or a woman and a granddaughter. Or Isha Ubaspina, or a woman and her granddaughter from Esa. These women have to get divorced. Uh, sorry, you have to do chalitza, you can't do yibum. Again, because when they fall in yibum, it's a zikuka of an erva. Remember, he can't marry the mother because he has a zika, a semi-marriage to the daughter. Um, which, and you're not allowed to marry two ervas. And he's not allowed to marry the daughter because he has a zika to the mother. Again, remember, the zika is a semi-marriage. So it's like he's married to the mother, therefore he can't marry that woman's daughter. Again, it's all only Jerabonim. Therefore, strictly speaking, on a Doraisa level, yibum still happens. And he has to do yibum, but we say he has to do chalitza. The Rebbe Shimon, Poiter Rebbe Shimon says, in such a scenario, they exempt. Either woman go free with nothing. We'll discuss Rebbe Shimon in the Gemara. Okay, the second case of the Mishnah, we're at the Mishnah towards the bottom of 28b, says for Rabbi Shimon Poit, Hoiso Achas Mehen Arsura Olav Isur Erba. If one of those women who fall to him are an Erba, i.e., again, he has two brothers, just for example, they're married to two sisters, or one's married to the mother and one's married to the daughter, um, and they fall to the brothers, to the remaining, to the third remaining brother, and one of them is an erva to him. I let's say he's married to the sister of the daughter. So then, is also He's forbidden to her, but he's permitted with her sister. Or yeah, the example, <coughs> he would be also to her and permitted to the mother, or also to the mother and permitted to the daughter. Whichever one is also to. The zika does not form. A woman who falls in Yibum, who is an Isur Erva, is one of the Arayos. The zika doesn't form. So there's no, she, she actually, in a way, doesn't fall to Yibum. Then the third case of the Mishnah is Isur Mitzvah or Isur Kedusha. What happens if the woman is forbidden to him, either because of a Drabonin, remember we said the Shnios, the secondary Arayos, like a grandmother or something, that's only a one of the Arayas Drabonun, or Isur Kedusha, we said when it was a, just a negative commandment or to do to marry them. Again, so Yibum does fall. Doraisa, Yibum does fall. But Midrabonun, she's an erva. Or Doraisa, Yibum does take effect. Maybe you could learn because of Asetol Chalosa, or one of the other ways that we learned. But other way, Yibum does take effect. However, you're not allowed to marry them. So Chalet says, Below means you have Mois. If in those cases you'd also have to do chalitza, chalitza, and not yibum. Again, you have to do chalitza because yibum does fall. She has, on a derisive level, fallen in yibum. It's the rabbis who come along and told you, well, you're not allowed to marry them. Okay, so you can't do yibum. But that doesn't release you from the derisive obligation, <coughs> the derisive bond with this woman, and therefore you have to do chalitza. Okay, we said that in a case, just, I mean, the the, the classic case, three brothers and two of them are married to two sisters or two of them are married to a woman and a daughter. And they both die and they fall in Yubum. So that's the classic case we've been discussing for the last few cases. In that thing, Rabbi Shimon says they both go free. You don't have to do chalitza. You're not allowed to marry a woman when she will be a rival. If they ever become rivals, are they both fall to him in marriage? A marriage you can't affect in a marriage. You can't affect a marriage with either of them. Rabbi Shimon's taking this pasuk a step further and saying it doesn't mean if you're already married to one that you can't marry the other. He's saying as soon as they two who would be arised to each other, two sisters fall in 
Yibum, since he can't marry either of them because they will be rivals to each other, they are rivals. Which one that will he marry? Therefore, he can't marry either of them and they go free without anything. Now the one says, We said if one of them was a Isur Erva, then he can marry um, the, he, that one goes free and he can marry the other one. He says, Didn't we learn that in the previous Mishnah? Or the, the Mishnah at the beginning of the Perek? We saw, remember the, the, the Mishnah at the beginning of the Perek, I mean, it taught basically the same thing. If you, uh, there it was four brothers and two sisters, and four, uh, four brothers, two married to two sisters, etc. And we said if the one sister is also to him, then he can marry the other sisters. We already know this halacha. She says, no, Rabbi Shimon, it's This is coming for specifically for Rabbi Shimon. I would have thought, since Rabbi Shimon says, Again, as we just learned, Rabbi Shimon holds if two sisters fall in Yibum, obviously from two different brothers, you can't do, you don't have to do Chalitza or Yibum. We should make a Xayra because of two sisters in general. If you say these women go free, someone might come along and say, oh, why are they going free? Because they... Um, sorry, what... Um, Sorry, if he's allowed to do Yibum to one of these sisters, we're going to say, oh, there's no such thing as Zika. And in a case where two sisters fall to him and he could marry other, you'll tell him you'll allow him to do Yibum. Which according to Rabbi Shimon is Isur, is Osur, Eishasach. So it comes along, we, we might have thought to make such a Zara by Rabbi Shimon. And therefore we say, no. There's no such as Zayra. Kamosh Malanet, there's no such as Zayra. But just to say it slightly differently, he says, if we allow a case where one of the two sisters is an Erba, so in, in the case where one of the two sisters is an Erba, and we allow the other sister to fall in Yibum, you might come to say, where both sisters um, fall to Yibum, you can do a Zuchukah to one of them, which Rabbi Shimon would hold as Isu Doraisa. Okay, so then we see the, the last case of the Mishnah was Isur Mitzvah V'chulu. I, um, again, three brothers, two married to two sisters, and those two brothers die, and now these girls fall in Yibum, but one of them is Osudra Bonan to him. So what do we say? He has to do Chalitza and not Yibum. He has to do Chalitza, but he's not allowed to do Yibum. But doesn't Rabbi Shimon say that two sisters do not have to do Chalitza or Yibum? So, if according to Rabbi Shimon that these Isu Mitzvah and Isu Kedusha do fall in Yibum, which assume because on a Doraisa level they do fall in Yibum, well then, according to the Torah, they should go free without anything. Because again, according to Rabbi Shimon holds, as soon as you have two sisters falling in Yibum together, they go free because of the pasuk. They can't be rivals. They don't. He doesn't have to necessarily be married to one to fall for the sister. He just both of them fall at Yubum at the same time. Um, they go free. So why does the Mishnah say that you have to do chalitza in that case? No, we concerned for a regular case of isur mitzvah. I, if we say that it's an isur mitzvah here and they go free. Someone might say, what's the reason they went free? Because there was an Isu And Isu doesn't fall in Yibum. That's what someone might say. When really the reason here is why are we saying they go free? Because of Rabbi Shimon's din when you have two sisters falling together, that they go free. But someone might get confused. They'll say, no, the reason is because of Isu Mitzvah. And therefore, in another case, you'll have a woman who's an Isu to a man falling to him in Yibum. And what's he going to say? Oh, she goes free without getting, doing chalitza. So we don't want to make that mistake. We say that. It says, Ho, ihi. She says, okay, this makes sense by the Isur Mitzvah herself, that we make her do chalitza. But why would you say the same thing by her sister? I we said he has to do chalitza to both women. But he only needs to do chalitza to show this halacha that the reason, that the reason is not because of Isur Mitzvah, but because it's two sisters who fell to Yibum, like Rabbi Shimon said, 
then we should allow the one to go free. The, the one who, uh, who's the Isu Mitzvah, do Chalitza to her. So people don't think a woman goes free because of Isu Mitzvah. And the other one, let her go free with no thing. No, it's on the sister of the Isu Mitzvah because of the fate of the Isu Mitzvah. I, what's happening to the Isu Mitzvah, we, just because she's connected to the Isu Mitzvah, we're going to make her do Chalitza. Um, basically, if we release the sister of the Isu Mitzvah without Chalitza, people might um, come to release the Isu Mitzvah without Chalitza. I, how did you know which sister to release with, um, without Chalitza? So they say, oh, maybe it's the Isu Mitzvah, and, um, which will cause people to think that an Isu Mitzvah is released for free without Chalitza. So, um, in a regular case. So again, really, on a Dorais level, according to Rabbi Shimon, that both sisters go free. But we're concerned, in this case, if you let them go free, they'll say the reason is because the one's the Isra Mitzvah. Not because she's... Not like Rabbi Shimon holds... Again, the, the halacha according to Rabbi Shimon is both go free automatically because they're two sisters who fall in evil. Dorais, so they go free. But we're worried that people will think, if we allow the one who's the Isra Mitzvah to go free... They'll say the reason is because she's an Isu Mitzvah, not because of Rabbi Shimon's din. And actually, in a regular case, an Isu Mitzvah does not go free. If the only reason you can't do Yibum to that woman is because she's also Midrabonan to you, you're a Kohen and she's a Grusha or something like that, if that's the only reason you can't do Chalitza, well, uh, you can't do uh, Yibum, then you have to do Chalitza. She doesn't go free. So we're worried they'll make that mistake and say, well, last time there were two sisters who fell and one was an Isu Mitzvah and you let her go free. So in this case, let the Isu Mitzvah go free. So no, we don't want people to make that mistake. Okay, once we say that by the one woman, we say it by the other woman as well, that you have to do Chalitza to both of them. Um, oh, but by an Erva we don't make this Gezerah. I, when two sisters fall in Yibum and one of them is also to the remaining brother as an Erva, let's say he's already married to her sister, you know, the easiest case, I guess, is three brothers married, three sisters. So there... Oh, sorry. Well, you can have three brothers married, three sisters, but it won't help us. It won't help us for this case. Let's say one brother, Ruve, married a mother, and Shimon and Levi married, um, married the two daughters. Now, that would also run into trouble. Because then he wouldn't be able to marry either anyway. They'd both be arias to him. Must be okay. So one married, two married, two sisters, and one of them is his mother-in-law. Whatever the exact story is. So then the one sister falls to him, and he can do yibum. The other sister goes free because she's an erva to him. So why do we say? Why don't we say they go free? And um, why don't we say there's exactly that someone will think that? Um, that someone will come up with some other reason why she's going free and say it's because she's an error and not because of um, the, um, not because of Rabbi Shimon's din. So he says, yes, so we don't have the exact. He says, shiny ever the Mi'gma Gmiri lo inish Kali Islam. He says, no, because people know about the halacha of an error going free and therefore there's a color, there's a voice. People are aware why she got divorced and therefore there's no reason to make the Xayra again, she goes free because she's an Erva. Whereas again, when it comes to an Isra Mitzvah, people aren't as clear on that. Oh, it's an Isra Drabonin too, so why is she going free because she's an Isra Not so well known, so therefore we have that concern. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. Um, just before we go into the Mishnah, so just to clarify, um, just to um, introduce Mamar. So we've discussed that before, but basically, as we've said, when a woman falls to Yibum, Doraisa all the brother-in-law has to do is yibum, i be intimate with her, and then they're married. But, midrabonon, we're actually going to see a conjugate shama, it's actually Doraisa, there's this concept of mamar. Mamar is the equivalent of doing kiddushin. He takes a ring, and he gives it to so the yabama, this woman, his brother's wife, falls to him in yibum, so he gives her a ring, and he does mamar, and it's basically like they've just done kiddushin. And then he would go and do yibum. So we're going to discuss the strength of this mamar, this marriage. Pardon? No, not a na'ara, a yankul, mamar, 
but a mem, that's this, this kiddushin, that the Yavam does. So he's already bonded to her because she's fallen to him in Yavam. And then he goes and he, in a way, increases the bond by doing Mamar. Why do they have two expressions of the same thing? What, what's the same? Oh, so so Kiddushin is, is a regular marriage when a man goes to a single girl and says, let's get married. I wrap with the dentist, leave with this ring, um, etc. That's Kiddushin. And Mamar is the one specific to the scenario of Yibum. Because it's not a, it's not a regular Kiddushin to so it's not necessary. So that's it. Um, or it's an alternative option to Yibum, like we'll see a contribution. If you have three brothers, two married to two sisters, and one of them is single, and the third brother is single. Now, interesting, the Tosas Yashanim asks here, yeah, says, what do you mean all of a sudden we're speaking about a single brother? Just say we've got two brothers married to two sisters and one married to a stranger, an unrelated woman. Why does it say here he was single? We haven't seen it in any of the missions where we're discussing two brothers married to two women and the third and the fourth brother, whatever. We always say that they married to non-relatives. Why all of a sudden do we say here he's single? So he says, because we're going to want to say at the, uh, a bit later, woe to him that lost out on, on two possible uh, shiduchim, and now he's remaining single. So that's why we want to just uh, say woe to him, and that's why we mention it in that way. Um, um, so he says, so we have two brothers married to two sisters and a single brother. Ma echod mi if one of the brothers who were married to the sister died and the one who was single did mamar and then the second brother dies so now he's got one girl he did mamar to and her sister has just fallen in yibum so if you take mamar out of the picture you've got two sisters waiting to do yibum if mamar is in the picture You've got one woman he's married to, and one sister falling to, and her sister falling to him in Yibum. So he says, His wife is with him. Either Mamar makes her like his wife, and the other one who just fell in Yibum goes free. No Yibum, no Chalitza goes free because she's his wife's sister. So according to Beishamai, Mamar is a proper marriage. Hillel say no. He has to divorce his wife with a get and a chalitza. He has to do give a get to get rid of the mamar. Because remember, it's like a kiddushin, so you need a divorce document to cancel it. And you need chalitza to cancel the yivum bond. And the other one goes free with chalitza. Zuhi omru, and this is the case where it says, Oiloi al eishes al ishto v'oiloi al eishes ochiv. Woe to him for, for his wife and woe to him for his brother's wife. He has to divorce his wife, that he did, the sister that he did mamar to, he has to divorce her, because again, mamar is not strong enough. It's still, it's not his real wife. It's stronger than a regular zikah, but it's not his real wife, and therefore, when the other sister falls in Yibum, his wife, in inverted commas, is Achos Kukos, or the sister of a woman he has a zikah bond to, which is almost like a marriage. So he can't remain married to her, he has to divorce her um, and give a chalitza, <coughs> and the other one he has to do chalitza too. Okay, and that's where we say, woe to him, because now he's lost two shiduchim. He's a single guy, he had this wonderful opportunity to end up with one of two women, and he's lost both of them, so woe to him that he's still single. But what, didn't he know the consequences? Well, generally, mamar would be a good thing to do. In a standard case, when a woman, we actually see chachomim encourage mamar. Because mamar is kind of getting engaged, getting married, and then you do yibum, then you're intimate with the woman. You don't just, your first, I mean, obviously, you know each other, your brother and sister-in-law, and you might have discussed, should we do yibum or chalitza, but, but on your first encounter, you're going to do, uh, um, you're going to have beer. It says, no, it's much more... It's respectable to do mamar first and then kiddushin. So he's on the right track. So he does mamar with a wild girl and then very tragically his second brother dies. That's the that's which create that's what creates a problem here. Yeah, otherwise, in general, I said mamar is a good thing to do. He does mamar and then you'll do yibum, just like at the wedding you do kiddushin and then you have chupa and nisuyim. Then when his second brother dies, then she falls to him in Hebrew. 
Yeah, because now he has two sisters. Well, yeah, because he's got two sisters who have fallen to him in Yibum, and the Mamar is not strong enough, because according to Basil, Mamar is only Midrabonim. So on a Daraisa level, we view it as if it's not there. Therefore, he's got two sisters waiting to do Yibum. But can't he do for Lisa to the other sister? Yeah, to the sister that fallen, he just save his memory. Um, why can't you do Khalitza first to the other sister? Um, I don't remember. Let me try to think about it as we go through Shia, because that's a, yeah, that's a very good question. I just have to uh, get a clear. So then the Gemara says, We said, this is the case where we say, woe to him and woe to, woe to him for losing two wives. Zuhi always tells me, there's another case you would think to add to this list, but we're leaving it out of the list. So he says, what is this? It says, no, this is to exclude from how Rabbi Yoshua says in a later Mishnah, we don't go like um, Rabbi Yoshua, we go like either Rabbi Rabban Gamil or Rabbi Leazar. So this Mishnah is excluding from Rabbi Yoshua's Pesach later on. What is that? So that is if you have a little um, a, a man married to a girl through Mi'un, remember, a rabbinic marriage. She's a mana whose brother or mother gave her in Kiddushin to this man, so it's only rabbinic. Now remember, if she does me, and if she says, I don't want to remain married, the wedding's uh, it's, it's completely annulled as if it never existed. So he has me, and he has a rabbinic marriage to this girl, and then her sister falls to him in evil. His brother married to what's married properly to her older sister, and the brother dies without children, so her sister falls to him in evil. So Doraisa, he has to do Yibum, Midrabonim, he's married to her sister. <coughs> So Rabbi Yishu says again, we have, he has a zikr to two sisters. He can't marry out, he has to do chalitza. That's, I mean, that's what we always say when you have a, a zikr. A, a, a zikr. Um, just trying to think why, but that's what we, you have to do chalitza to both of them. Um, Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so therefore, Rabbi Yeshua says he has to divorce his wife. I do mean to this young girl. Or give her a get if she doesn't want to do mean. We force her to get divorced. And do chalitza to the woman who just fell to him. And that is... Uh, so there, according to Rabbi Yeshua, you'd say woe to him and woe to, uh, woe to him for losing <laughs> both opportunities of a wife. We're not pastoring like that. We pastoring like Rabbi Gamil or Rabbi Lez over there. One of them says he can choose, and one of them says no, he remains married. Um, so, how we've learned at the moment, according to Beishamai, doing Mamar is a proper marriage. Almost to the degree you can choose do you want to do Yibum or do you want to do Mamar? There are two ways of affecting Yibum, either through Mamar or through Yibum. Mamar would be the equivalent of doing Kiddushin, and Yibum would be the equivalent of. Uh, is, being intimate to affect to affect the marriage. So now Omar Rebbe Lozor loytaim a mamal beishana koyne kinyan gomur. Rebbe Elozor comes and he says, "Don't think that this mamar is a complete kinyan." The evoila fuke sorry sagi lo beget that you can just divorce her with a get. Ela mamal beishama eno koyne gimor lidchois betzara bilvad. What do we mean? It's not a kinyan gomor. Ah, he would need a get and chalitza because it's not a complete acquisition. But what it does do is pushes her away, her tzara. Ay mamar is not a complete yibum. It is powerful enough that they, not, that they are married to the degree that the other sister who just dies and falls in yibum does not break their marriage. But it is not... Um, yeah, ay, they married to the degree that her relatives become also to her in an ever, but not strong enough that she's, that they've done Yibum. Omar Rabbi Avon, Rabbi Avon says, ah, I can bring a proof from our Mishnah. Um, this is the first Mishnah of the Perak, where again you had two brothers married to two sisters, and those two sisters fall in Yibum to two brothers, so each woman is Achos Kukoso, and there we say they must do Yibum and not do Chalitza. What's the halach if they did do Yibum? So Beishamai come along and say they can remain married. That's the, that's the scenario of being. So Beishamai, Omer, Mikhaim, Beishamai say, if they, they're not allowed to do Yibum, again, because each one is Achor Zukukoso. But if they did do Yibum, 
but he ever, um, then they remain married. Now, Yekaimu in Lechatchila law. We see that they can remain married, but they can't do it Lechatchila. Now, the Isal Kadaitach, this is the proof, the Isal Kadaitach, Mama Lebei Shammai, Kwene Kinyin Gomor, that Mama, according to Bei Shammai, does affect a complete Kinyin. Yase Mama Beyikne, Ze Yase Mama Beyikne, Ze Yase Mama Beyikne. Each of the two brothers do Mama to one of the sisters and require her. The Karen Ori explains again. There, oh, there he's not allowed to do yibum to either sister. This is why they, he's not allowed to do yibum to either sister because she's achos kukoso. What is, in other words, he's not allowed to be intimate with other woman because it's achos kukoso. It's his wife. It's his kind of wife's sister because there's a zika. Okay, so that's why he's not allowed to do yibum to either. Um, because it's his wife's sister. Oh, but still your question's on the second one. Okay. And however, Mama is not being intimate. But can't you be intimate after Mama? Well, well let's, so we're not going there. That's, we, we're analyzing the Mishnah. So the Isur is to be intimate with Achos Kukosa. But if you do Mama and you hold it's a complete Kiddushi, a complete Kinyan, well then, he's allowed to do mamar because mamar is not being intimate. But as he does mamar, well now she's his complete wife, and then he could be intimate with her, and so too with the other sister. Let the other brother do mamar to the other to the other one, complete kinyan. It's now as if they're 100% married. Well then, the other sister's pushed away, and he can now be intimate with her. He can do regular yibum. So why does the Mishnah say that according to Beishamai, Bidi Evet, if they did, they're not allowed to do yibum? But if they did Yubum, they can remain married. Just say that, no, do Mamar and they can marry. There's another way out. So he says, no, Elomai must be the reason that Beishamai say Yekaimu is not because, is um, because, um, <coughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, Elomai, yeah, the reason that Beishamai say Yekaimu, I believe it is not because a mamar koine kinyan gomur, but rather because my doiche dechia gomura, ze yaisa mama viyidche, ze yaisa mama viyidche. So, what are you going to tell me? That, no, it's so fine, it's not a complete kinyan, it just pushes it away. Aye, and therefore, once he's done this yidche, he can do yibum. I, you want to tell me that it's not a kinyan gomur, what is its status? It's good enough to push away. Say, Ela, my isloch. The Maimar, so he's still stuck. Okay. If you're telling me that Mamar, we, we know that Mamar is strong enough, okay, Mamar is strong enough to the degree that if you've, uh, definitely according to Beishamai, it's at least strong enough to the degree that if you marry the one woman, her relatives, bec- if you do Mamar to the one, her relatives become forbidden to you. So you do Mamar to the one sister. Granted, we're saying it's not a complete marriage, but it's at least strong enough to make her relatives also to you. So, well, then you end up with the same thing. Do mamar, let the one brother do mamar to the one sister. The other brother do mamar to the other sister. Now, he can't, mamar is at least strong enough that it's pushed those relatives away. So now, why can't he do yibum? So whether you learn mamar, or whether you learn it's just strong enough to push away the zika of relatives, either way, you end up with a scenario that he could do yibum. So you haven't resolved our issue. He says, Ella, what are you going to have to say? He says, Mama dehetera dochi, di suraloi dochi. When Mama is done beheter, in a case where you could do yibum, that's where it's strong enough to push it away. But if you did it in isur, what does isur mean? In a case where you could not do yibum, then it's not strong enough to push the bond away. And hachanami, so then we could say the same thing here. Mamar afilu lamata omer mamar koine kinyin gomor mamar de teira kani di suraloi kani. That this that we say mamar is a complete kinyin. It's where it is uh, done in heter. So very interesting. We're now playing with the strength of a mamar. We're saying where you do mamar in a place where. So, so well, let's go back a step. So we have a machloikes. According to our Mishnah, it seems that Mamar according to Beishamah is a complete Kenyan. It's now as if you're 100% married. It's almost it's an alternative to Jiyibum. You could Jiyibum or Mamar. Rebelez is not so happy. He says it is Madche. It's strong enough to make it that you aren't, that you, that her relatives are not connected and therefore you can remain married. But it's not strong enough um, 
that she would be re- released with just a get. You haven't done Yibum yet, you would need a get and Chalitza. So that's the, that's the, that's Rebilezer. But we have this Machlokas, but just before we get there, so we wanted to bring a proof from the Mishnah which says that Biryeved you can do Yibum, and Biryeved, if they got married, they can stay married, which, why can't you do Mamar and reject the other woman and Mamar and reject the other woman? So we come on to say that, no, when is this that we say Mamar is, let's call it, super strong? It's when you could have done Yibum and instead of doing Yibum you do Mamar. But where you are not allowed to do Yibum in the first case, well then it's a weak Mamar. And that Mamar, you should not, um, would not be strong enough to push the other relatives away. But if you did, I don't know what the word is, consummate the Mamar with Yibum, you can remain married. Okay. Um, Rav Ashi, Masni Haki, Rav Ashi had the previous discussion in a slightly different way. He says, He says, don't say that Mamar according to Beishamai is pushes away the relatives completely and therefore the Kowaf, the other sister who fell in Yibum, doesn't need Chalitza. If you learn that Mamar is, a pro, is an alternative for Yibum, what happens when a sister falls in Yibum to a brother who has done Yibum to her sister, she goes free completely without anything. So he says, don't think that Mamar is that strong. It pushes aside other relatives, either that you can stay married, that the Zika doesn't create, but it's not strong enough to completely sever the, the Zika that she goes free without um, that she goes free without Chalitza. I guess another way of looking at it, as remember we mentioned the other day, but there's a spectrum. A woman who falls to you, mutar to you, has to do yibum or chalitza. Again, from the perspective of a chalitza psula, just to look at it a slightly different way, remember? And the chalitza, the most powerful chalitza, is where you could do yibum, and instead you do chalitza. That's the most powerful chalitza. On the other hand, in one of these cases where you theoretically could do yibum, but the rabbis came along and said, you can't, you have to do chalitza, well then it's a weak mama. It's a, sorry, it's a weak chalitza. And on the other hand, you have a case of an erva where no zikah is created. The woman doesn't even fall in Yibum. She goes free. So here we're saying with Mamar a similar thing. We're saying that where um, Mamar here is kind of in the middle. Mamar is strong enough to withhold relatives from making you divorce your, the woman you did Mamar to, your wife. But it's not strong enough to release the other sister for, with, without anything. She is still bonded to you, and therefore she would need Chalitza. This is Omer So now, again, remember this is a similar one. So Omer Rebiyavan, Nami Tanini, says, Ah, oh, I can bring a proof from our Mishnah. Beishama Omer Rebiyavan, you come in Beishama, I say, if you did do, when two sisters fall to two brothers, and the brothers do Yibum, they can remain married. I, they shouldn't have got done Yibum, but they can remain married. If you hold the point to Beishamai, that it's a complete rejection. Let one brother do Mamar and push away the other one. I, um, and let the other brother do Mamar and push away the other one. And then there would be no problem. And they can just, uh, finish the Yibum. So, Elevahok Tani. Says, Wait. So, oh, so, so that's the that's the suggested way of learning. But now the Gemara says, but Elo Hotani, but Al Mishnah taught by Shama Omrim Ishto Imovaluzu Taitzimishum Achosisha. The woman he did mar mamar to remains his wife, and her sister who now falls in Yubum is goes free without anything. So you can't learn like we've just learned. You can't say that it's a partial Kenyan. We're saying that the other one does go free. So Ella Yavama Shavyat. So rather to explain our mission, the Mishnah says Yavama the Chazil Akula Chazil Mitzasa. A Yavama who you could is completely permitted to you is also the partial connection works. I Yavama where the Yavama is available for all aspects. I she falls in Yibum and you could do Yibum, then Mamar works. Um, so this would be a case where one sister falls in Yibum and he does Mamar to her. He could have done Yibum to her, but he does Mamar to her. That's where it's very effective. 
And the second sister who falls in Mamar goes free. Um, says, A Yavoma that is not completely fit to him. I Now that's the case of the first Mishnah. Because before doing Mamar, there were two sisters waiting for him to do Yibum today. So now he can't do Yibum. He's not allowed to do Yibum. So there it's not a strong Mamar. It's also that the Mamar doesn't have the strong effect. Okay, so that's uh, just to sum up, as we mentioned before, What's the strength of Ma'ar? According to Basil, Ma'ar is only Midrabonin. So obviously, on a Doraisa level, you haven't done anything. And if we have two sisters waiting to do Yibum, and you would have to give both the Chalitza. But according to um, Beis Shammai, Ma'ar is... Um, Yeah. Um, Beishamai hold. Now there are two opinions in Beishamai. The one we're looking at is that it's Koine Kinyan Gomu. Or at least um, that Mamar is effective. You have two options, Yibum or Mamar. Two ways of performing this mitzvah in the Torah called Yibum. One is through the act of intimacy and one is through the act of Kiddushin. And we'll see this in the next Sugi Akira. Well, the other way is like Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Lazo, who learns it's a bit weaker. It's, uh, it's strong enough to hold off relatives, but it's not strong enough to release relatives. Does it seem that the Well, I don't know the word to use lenient, but yeah, they hold the mama is more effective, yeah. They, they're more lenient in that there's another way to affect the, I guess, the Yibum, yeah. It says, boy, Rabbi, Rabbi asked, mama le beishamai nisuin oisin oirusin oisin When we say, does mama act as nisuin, or does it act as Erusin. Again, remember there are two stages to the Jewish marriage. There's Kiddushin or Erusin, which is the first stage giving the ring, and then there's the Chuppah, the consummation of the marriage, and that's the, what we call Nisuyin or Sheva Brachos. Uh, you know, the exact what they are, don't want to go into, but is so when, according to Beishamai, and according to understanding that Mama is a Kenyan Gomur, is it the same as if you've done Erusin? which is the weaker of the two levels of marriage? Or is it as if you've even done Nisuin? We'll see the ramifications soon. He says, He says, what, what difference does it make? He says, If you want to say, If you want to say, it's, Does the Yovom inherit her? And if he's a Kohen, can he become Tomei for her? And is he allowed to annul her Nadorim? says, um, Well, a regular Arusa, so not in the case of Yubam, but a man does Erosin, he gives a woman a ring and says, I have more etc. Tony Rebichia, Rebichia taught, He doesn't mourn for her, and if he's a coin, he doesn't become Tomei for her. And so to she doesn't mourn for him, and she doesn't have to become Tomei for, for him. Now I said, what does it mean she doesn't have to become Tomei for him? There's no issue for a... The issue to become Tomei is only on male Kohen. So even if her father is a Kohen, she doesn't have this issue to become Tomei. So what's it saying that just as she, she's... Once they've, if they've only done Erusin, she doesn't have to become Tomei for him. So the first um, answer Rashi gives is she's not obligated to be involved in the funeral preparations. A close relative, you're obligated to, I guess, pay for and make sure that they get buried. Whereas a, a wife, Rusin is not obligated. That's what it means, Ein metam, lo metame bo. Um, she doesn't have to become Tome for him. And Rash, and then he gives another one. He says, not so happy one. He says, no, maybe we're speaking about the festival when there's actually an Isur for all of Israel to become Tome. So even a woman would be forbidden to become Tome. So if her husband, Rusin, let's call it a half-husband, I mean, it's more, it's more a full husband. Erusin and Kiddushin, the main difference is that they don't live together, and these few halachas. But so, she wouldn't, on a festival when Yisrael are not allowed to become Tomei, she wouldn't become Tomei for him. Now, Mesa Eino Yorsho, Mesu Goibek Tsubosa. If she dies, he does not inherit her. If he dies, he collects her Ksuba. Ovid Bo Mamar, me boy. Well, then, do we really need to discuss this in a case of Mamar? I, Erusin, just the easiest way to learn this is, Erusin makes them man and wife 
as I said, for basically all halachas, to the degree that if someone would be intimate with her, it would be adultery and they would be put to death. From Eirus in the first stage of marriage. Whereas Mamar is nowhere near that strong. Mamar is not considered that level of adultery. And um, again, it's Osir, a, a woman waiting in Yibum is Osir, but Mamar is not that strong that you'd put them to death based on it. No, he's saying if she's with another man. If, if the, the Yovom, her brother-in-law does Mamar to her, and then she's with another man. Yeah. So that would be, it's a kind of adultery, but it's not to the same level that we're going to put her to death. Um, so he's saying that it can't be for any of these halachas. It just doesn't make sense that it's for any of these halachas that we would say Mamar is like um, nis, um, like Nisuyin because in some aspects she's not even like Erusin. So again, the question that Rabbi asked, is she like a Nisua Erusa? What halachas are you speaking about that you want to find out? Is she like Erusin or is she like Nisuyin? In most halachas that we find the distinction, she's clearly not even like at most, she's like a Rusin, but definitely not, not like Nisuyin. So the Gemara answer, he says, no, the halachic ramification would be Ela le'inyin mesira le'chupa. My, what would be the halacha regarding taking her to chupa? What's the question? It's a very interesting one. It says the Gemara is, and then the Gemara is going to explain it, but I'll say it out will be easier. The Gemara is going to explain that the question is follows. Part of the normal wedding is after Kiddushin, the husband does chuppah. What's chuppah? I mean, we have the representative of the chuppah, but the chuppah is taking her into his rishus. Now, just as kiddushin has to be done with consent, chuppah also has to be done with consent. So if you say they've only done a rusin, then the yobam still has to do an, a chuppah equivalent with her consent. If you say they've, for, I guess, to fully affect the yibum, but if you say they've already done Nisuyin, by doing Mamar, it says if he's already done Nisuyin, then he could do yibum against her will. I'm not saying that that's what you, we're not saying that that's what you should do. And imagine, the Torah is even, I mean, the Torah is even against, um, um, what's it called, um, rape in marriage. The Torah is even against uh, having intimacy with your wife if she's not keen. But, so, so it's obviously not a good thing to do. But does the but yibum would ta- if we say mama is like nisuyin it would be effective if he did it against her will if you say that mama is only like a rusin or kiddushin well then the chupa would not be effective unless she's consensual unless it's done with her permission so that's the question that's what he means that's what rabbi means so the gemara asks wait omale but wait, what would be the halacha if he did not do mahamar? Ksib, it's written, Yavama, Yavama, that the Yavama can be intimate with you, and they learn balkarcha even against the world. So, Abba, Mahamar, Mimboi, now does mahamar and he's weaker. I, the halacha is if he doesn't do mahamar, he can do yibum against the world. So now you're asking Rabbah that, wait, if she does mahamar, now does he need a consent to do yibum? If anything, he's strong, his position's stronger, so he should definitely be able to do it against the world. He says, no, Omar lay in. He says, yes. He says, yes, because maybe you could say, if he does mamar, he's undone the zika of Yibum, and now he just has the zika of Erusin, the connection like an Erusin, and therefore it would need consent. So, my, what would the halacha be? Um, it's amazing what we're saying. We're saying that he can do Yibum without a consent, but as soon as he does mamar, Mama has broken that yibum aspect. And he would, and it's like they've done a, maybe it's like they've done a rusin, and you would have to still get her consent. Um, yeah, so as, as, as like in, uh, in my notes I wrote here, it says, it's quite strange to me that it comes out that when, so let me just check them. Yeah. Granted, Mama strengthens their bond in the way that it's kind of like marriage now, and none of the other brothers can do yibum in all these aspects. On the other hand, it's weakened the yibum strength, because yibum can be done against her will, and if he's done mama, he couldn't. So, my, so what's that law? So, this is What's the halacha regarding annulling a vow? We know that a husband can annul a woman's vows. If you have this woman waiting to do yibum, can the brother-in-law annul her vows? So Rabbi Yeshua says, 
If, sorry, Rabbi Lezer says, yeah, he can annul her vows. Rabbi Yeshua says, only if there's one brother, then there's the strong zik and he can annul her vows. And Rabbi Akiva says, he can never annul her vows. Now, I've been on board, they were trying to analyze this. It says, Rabbi Akiva Okay, Rabbi Akiva holds, there's no zika. If there's no zika, he's not really, as, it's not as if he's married to his Yavama and therefore he can't annul her vows. According to Rabbi Yeshua, if there's only one brother in law, there's a zika because that's definitely who the Yibum bond is with. But if they're two brother in laws, well then, we're not sure which one she's going to do Yibum or Chalitza with, and therefore there's no strong Zika. So that's why he can't annul her vows if there's two brothers, but he can if there's one. Granted, Rabbi Eliezer holds there is a Zika. Granted, we're saying that one can annul her vows, wouldn't you need both of them? So for Omer Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami says, What's the case? No, the case is where the one brother did Mamar. That's why he's allowed to annihilate the Mamar. Well, Beis Shammai, he the Omer Mamar, and it's, and it's Beis Shammai who holds that it's a complete Kenyan. So it's, it's, by doing Mamar, it's as if he's married her. And that's why he can annihilate the Mamar. If you hold that it's considered Mamar, is considered a Nisuyin, well, then it makes sense that he can annul her vows. Elo yomarte rusin oiso hachi motzi meifar. If you say that it's a rusin, how can he annul her vows? We'll see now. What's the status again? A man does the first stage of marriage to a woman. What's, we know if he's completely married to her, he can annul her vows. What happens if he's partially married? He's only done a rusin. So he says, we learned in the Mishnah. She needs, since she's half in the Rishus of her father and half in the Rishus of her husband, she needs both of them to annul her Nadorim. So we should say here, if Mamar is like a Rusin, then both brothers should have to annul her vows, not both of them. Um, but then wait, so this is all very well according to the opinion that Mama is Koine Kenyan Gomur and you can explain it as Nisuyin and that's why the Yovom can annul her Nadorim by himself. But according to Rebbe Lezer, that remember Mama is not a good, it's only strong enough to push aside other relatives. I, he still is both, bro, even though the one brother did Yivum, both brothers still have a Zika to her. He should need both brothers to do Yivum, kind of like the ones her Danei Rusin. And the other brothers, the father. Just as we need the father, in Erusin we need the father and the brothers. So, so to here you should need both brothers. So Amal Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar explains. Says now Amad Amal Ana Eino Koyne Ela Lid Chayis Letzar Bilvad. This that I said, it's only considered. Um, that it's not a complete Kenyan, it just pushes it away. That's in regards to the other sister going free. I, in regards to this woman that he did Mamar to, from that perspective, it's a good marriage. But in regards to freeing other women who have fallen to him in Yibum, that it's not strong enough. It says, Get is not strong enough, she would also need Chalitza. So if that's the case, how could he annul her vows? So the e voice. Sorry, sorry. Did I ever mention about annulling vows? I, in regards to her, Mama is not a Kenyan Gomur. Firstly, in that he would still need. He would need a get and the chalitza to get rid of her. So it's not strong enough to say just a get. And also in regards to other relatives, there is still that semi thing so that he, they would need a chalitza, they wouldn't go free. But regarding annulling a neder, I was never in doubt that it is strong enough, mamar is strong enough to make this brother who did mamar able to annul her notorium. That's how we would explain contributors. It says, Av Iboy Sahim, another answer from a different respect. The Roman Chorib Eloza, Rabbi Eloza says, Well, Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak minaycha miktani yiforu, ele yeifertani. What about, you're still going to run into trouble with Rabbi Nachman's opinion who says, it doesn't say they annul her vows. When the Mishnah is discussing, um, can the Yovom annul her vows, it never says they annul her vows. Which is how we've learned, if she would need two brothers, rather Yofoktani, he annuls her vows. Now what's the case where he can annul her vows? 
So you would have to, it seems you would have to say that it's like Nisuyim. Okay, we're back to our original proof. Don't you have to say that Mama is strong, it's like Nisuyim. Otherwise, why would it say he can annul her vows? There should still be someone else involved in annulling the vows if it's only like Erusin. So Ella has up a skinner. What are we dealing with here? She'om the Bedin, she took him to court. She said, he was, he was uh, what's it, taking a bit long. He wasn't doing Yibum and he wasn't doing Chalitza. And she wanted to get married. So she wanted to get on with the life. So she took him to court. And then for whatever reason, he escaped or something and he didn't release her. So, Paskulomazonas Michelot, the based in Paskin that she can be sustained off his assets. So he, instead of doing Yibo Machalitza, skipped the country. So based in say, okay, go into his house, make yourself at home and uh, sustain yourself. He's got to he's got to either release you so you can go marry someone else, or that. It says Ukud Rapinchas Mishmay Dorova, and like this is like Rapinchas in the name of Rova, the Omar Rapinchas Mishmay Dorova, Kala Nodras al Das Palahi Nodras. It says whenever a woman makes a netter, it's basically on the das of her husband, I in other words, on the on, by the opinion of the you know, by permission of the one who's sustaining her. That's why um that's how he explains this whole paragraph of Nadorim. Okay, up until here, we've kind of tied Nadorim into being married to the woman, so the husband has the power to annul the Nadorim because of the structure of marriage. And then you run into trouble, well, what's Mamar? Is Mamar and the Sui, and they're completely married, so the husband alone can annul the vows? Or is it like a Rusin, that then you would need a partnership to annul the vows between the brother who's done Mamar and the other brothers? You know, what's the, that's where you run into trouble. But if you learn like... Rav Pinchas Omarov, and he says, no, what it's based on is who's sustaining her. That's who can annul a woman's nadorim. That's why when a woman has done a rusin, okay, the husband's doing a little, uh, some favors for her, and, but she's living by her father, that's why she needs both to do um, annul her nadorim. When she's living with her husband, well, her husband's looking after her, so therefore he has to. In this case here, where the Yolom skipped the country, he's the one looking after her. Because Beisden said she can be supported by his assets until he makes up his mind and either does Yibu Mokhalitza, he has to support her. And therefore that's the one who has the power to annul her Nadorim. Okay, we'll leave it here for today.